house, you promised you'd come home today. I don't care what Tanaka wants. Rallying around this stupid house all by myself is not what I signed up for. No, 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 don't hang up on me. I'm not done yelling at you. first this summer at Bible camp. Guess I beat him to the punch. You were virgin? So it didn't show? I know. I know. I mean, I guess it was a little weird when you started naming the American presidents in order. Yeah, I wish you hadn't heard that. I was just trying to... No, no, you were good. <laughs> just if it comes up in school, Paul Revere was never a president. Oh, thanks. I, uh, had a really awesome time, Mrs. Felice. Oh, well, good. I'm glad. Because this can never happen again. Why? The only reason I did this was because I was angry at Carlos. Now, thanks to you, I'm not angry anymore. Well, you should be. I mean, the guy's never around. Hell, he's probably off having his own affair right now. Oh. <laughs> I seriously doubt that. How do you know? Because Carlos doesn't have an adulterous bone in his body. What we just did, he could never do. For him, sex isn't just sex. It's a sign of intimacy. It's the way he shows love. You know, instead of talking and listening and spending time with me. What was that for? Thought you needed a kiss. This is our last time. I guess we can make the most of it. <laughs> so, you really trust him, huh? Completely.
And hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, What Is You Podcast in Nathan 2 for tonight. And uh, for those of you who do not know, when I post on like, Twitter, um, this is Nathan here, all by myself, writing solo for I'm taking over for Willie tonight for our podcast. Uh, Willie is uh, taking a brief hiatus. He will be back in two weeks from now. So uh, we, I'll be hosting a show this week, next week. And then after that, Willie will be back, and the two of us will be uh, doing what we always do: we'll talk about uh, television, daytime, primetime, soap operas, movies, and everything else. But tonight, I'm taking over the studio, and it's basically going to be me for the evening. So we have a lot to get into tonight, um, and also um, we have a lot to discuss. Before we get into it, guys, we have some birthday shouts going on. Let's go. To, let's kick it off first with uh, Justin Bieber. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday from both of us to you, sir. We hope you had a great day today with your loved ones, your family, your friends. Um, also celebrating the birthday today is uh, actress Catherine uh, Batch, um, and we wish her uh, the happiest of birthdays today. Um, I hope everything is going well with her as well, too. And last but not least, guys, a birthday shout-out to Spotlight's Maurice Bernard um, is celebrating his birthday today, the guy who is playing uh, St. Corinthians General Hospital, who's been playing that role for now, I think, over like 30 years now. So that's amazing uh, that he's doing it. He's been doing it in that long general hospital. Uh, but today is his birthday. Everyone wish him the very best. Uh, Today, on his birthday, we hope he had a great one today with his, with his family, friends, and loved ones. So, happy birthday, Maurice Spinard. And um, one last uh, thing I wanted to uh, announce to get into. For those of you that know, uh, over the weekend, Shamara Moore, um, who played Malcolm Winters, the brother of Neil Winters, on uh, The Unrustless, uh, welcomed his uh, baby girl. He has a daughter. He's a dad now. Um, uh, Shamara Moore. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Shamar Moore, uh, you know, a newborn daughter um, uh, with his uh, girlfriend, I think, uh, what was his name? What was her name? I uh, guess uh, was his girlfriend, Desiree, Desiree uh, Dizon, uh, was born on, uh, daughter Frankie was born January 24th, 2023. Weighing 7.1 pounds and measuring 20 inches. So, congratulations to Shamar Moore and uh, Jezri Dizon, because uh, the daughter was Frank was born January 24th, 2023, not over the weekend, excuse me. But I'm very happy for him and, um, and Jezri, because as we all know, Shamar Moore, um, you know, a couple of months ago before this was announced that. Um, you know, he was going to expect a, a child of his own with uh, Jezreel, and uh, I'm pretty sure most of us are, are happy for him, and that, he, that he's going to be a father. He always wanted to be a dad, and his mom always wanted that for him, too. So I wish him, uh, I wish him and Jezreel the best moving forward from here on out, and uh, just very happy for Shamar Moore. So uh, congrats to Shamar, Jezreel, and... Uh, Look, look, look forward to, uh, you know, hearing more about this from you guys when time is right. And with that, guys, let's get into this week's soap opera so far. Let's kick it off with General Hospital. 
Uh, a lot happened so far this week in General Hospital when it comes to the aftermath of uh, what happened with uh, with uh, Ryan, Heather, Esme, and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, for those who do not know, this is a spoiler. Um, Ryan Chamberlain is dead. He's gone. He's no longer uh, he's no longer uh, alive, so to speak. Uh, even though we know he can come back anytime he wants to, because it's soap operas. But he was killed off uh, by Max Scorpio, and partly because it was Jerome too. Um, as far as Heather goes, she has been arrested, and she's been also um, she also confessed to Jordan and Dante that she is the hook killer. And I gotta say, um, this is very, how do you say it? I think this is very rushed. I think this is rushed and not really, uh, and not really, not really well thought, thought out, honestly, because uh, in my opinion, I do think that Esme should have been the hook killer, um, you know, pretty much all along, in my opinion, because it, it made sense. If not Esme, then maybe Ryan. Uh, you know, that, that could have made sense too. But I do feel for, um, for that, uh, for, um, Heather, she is protecting someone. Not, she's protecting that, Esme, excuse me. And, uh, you know, she pretty much confessed to, but, you know, Heather pretty much confessed to everything except for the guard that was killed. That was mostly Ryan. And, uh, honestly, guys, you know, I uh, I do believe that um, you know we have not seen the last of Heather, uh, played by Ali Mills. I know that a lot of people at first didn't was not a big fan of her, but at the same time, uh, I thought her version of Heather was very was very good, very very good. I liked it. I know a lot of people preferred Robin Ma Robin Madison, um, Robin Madison. Who played Heather, and honestly, I, I don't, I didn't, I wouldn't have minded if she even came back to play Heather because both Allie and Robert are different. But I enjoyed, you know, their uh, their portrayals as uh, Heather. I enjoyed Allie Bill. So, do I think she'll be back on uh, she'll be back on uh, you know, General Hospital? I do. I don't think we see the loss of Heather. I think the storyline is not wrapped up yet. So, um, so um, I think that the residents of Port Charles should watch out and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, make sure that uh, <clears throat> to, you know, wash their backs. Um, you know, um, meanwhile, Spencer went in to see Esme after she gave birth to their child called Ace, uh, baby boy, and uh, he told her that... Uh, Ace is fine in that uh, both Spencer and, and uh, his grandmother Laura will take good care of him while, uh, you know, as he was in prison. And, you know, um, pretty much he assured her that she was going to be okay. Meanwhile, Heather went after Laura and uh, lashed out Laura and blamed her, blamed her for filling Esme's head with lies about her. But Laura was not intimidated or phased. And she vowed to make Laura pay for everything. And then Laura told her, where you are going, you'll be lucky to ever see the sunlight again. And uh, as the guards dragged Heather to the elevator, 
She vowed to Laura that she doesn't see the last of her. She'll be back. And I truly believe that uh, as well. Uh, like, next, let's go to Austin and Ava. As we all know, uh, Ava checked in on Austin at the hospital after Fed took care of him and uh, made sure he was okay because Austin was stabbed by Heather. Not the, not the, wait, yeah, several Heather, the hook killer, excuse me. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, she told him that they had to get dressed and to move the, the body to uh, Spoo Island, move the body away from Spoo Island. So it's the body is Nicholas Cassadine. Um, and I have to say, I am enjoying the chemistry between both uh, Austin and Ava. I do think they have great chemistry together ever since their days on uh, Azul Turns. I don't think they were together as, uh, as Carly and. Uh, Paul Ryan under, you know, <clears throat> Roger Howard's version, but I do think uh, the, the chemistry between them is phenomenal amazing. I would not buy the two of them together at some point if it happens. Then we had, um, you know, Laura and Spencer, you know, basically um, talking and, you know, and Spencer pretty much spilled out his guts to Laura, talking about how much regret he had over uh, Esme, Esme, Heather, Ryan, and how he felt blameless for everything. But Laura basically just told him, you know, that uh, he had to stop blaming himself and stop feeling sorry for himself. And that all that he could do was sorry for the past and that he needs to learn to think before he acts in the future. And now it's a baby needs, it's a baby boy needs her help. So I thought that was great advice uh, for him, for Spencer. And then we had this storyline <laughs> this week. We had, uh, actually before that, we had the reveal that Trina was, Trina's father, Marcus Tiger, was not her daughter, <clears throat> was not her, um, was not her biological father. It was actually Curtis Ashford. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I said it before on the podcast or that. Maybe I said it on here or uh, take to um, Law Talk Radio podcast with David, Candace, Pam, and Willie too. But I, I saw those. I thought the scenes and the impact and the uh, the drama of it, it felt a little bit flat. I mean, the actors and actresses did the best they could, but at the same time, you know, I just thought that it would have been better if the secret was revealed during the wedding and not after that. I mean, it just feels like. General Hospital avoids drama for whatever reason when it comes to the big moments, and they rather do it after or just do it before, or, or later on or even before that. So, um, but it is what it is. Um, after that, Curtis, <clears throat> you know, he was upset with Portia, um, and he was also upset with Jordan. And I immediately knew that Jordan and Curtis were going to have a knockout, dragout fight argument, excuse me, um, when it came to this. And of course, Curtis came in. You know, upset and pissed at Jordan for not um, for not telling him sooner. But Jordan, you know, she said her reasons. Though I wish she could have at least was able to fight back against Curtis and tell him, "Look, we're not together anymore. This is none of my business to even tell you in the first place because you didn't want you didn't want because um, you you know because you didn't deserve to have your heart broken. Portia was the one that should have told you, and she did." Give her another chance. Move on. We're not 
you and me, Curse, we're not together anymore. And, you know, I wish her, I wish you the very best. Uh, you know, so honestly, I am glad that they did have the scenes. And, you know, um, at least I'm glad that Jordan, I mean, she didn't, she didn't back down, but she did explain her reasons uh, to Curtis, you know, and uh, he told him in the end that Curtis, that Trina needs to know that she can count on him from here on out. Um, before I move on from that, I do feel that the scenes that uh, with Taggart and Por uh, the Portia were very good. You know, Taggart was upset, rightfully so, but he knew that he was kind of blameless in this too because he was like the husband that Portia needed, excuse me, during that time. Just because since he was, uh, you know, in the, um, since he was in the, uh, since he was, you know, working and stuff, and Portia was lonely. Uh, Portia was lonely, so, and that's what happened that led to the affair uh, between Portia and Curtis. But if for Taggart, he told Portia that no matter what, he will always be true to his father. And I was glad that, you know, Market, uh, Target, uh, excuse me, Taggart, excuse me, was able to make that point loud and clear. And I fully agree because, you know, she, he has always been there for Trina ever since the day she was born. So it made total sense for Taggart to say that and to feel that way too. Because, you know, Taggart is hurt and he's going to, he's going to try to process this before moving forward fully and supporting Trina whatever she wanted to do. So moving on from that, uh, where do we go to? Uh, Liz. Liz was able to confess uh, everything, uh, you know, every, uh, everything that happened between her, Liz, Nicholas, and Esme. And, you know, Molly, who was the assistant, uh, assistant Mr. Attorney, was the one who was asking the questions. And uh, she had to rescue herself, seeing that Nicholas was her cousin. But however, she recommended that they search Spoon Island as Richard May, Richard Castle may not have destroyed all the evidence that will confirm this story. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was good to see Molly back at General Hospital as the ADA, even though that she's a little bit too young to be, uh, you know, ADA. But that's my opinion. That's that's only me. Um, you know, Scotty was there for two. And, um, you know, from then on, uh, Austin, Austin, Avery at Windermere, and as Dante and uh, Jordan were there too to search, um, to search there, and uh, Windermere, and they, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, you know, they were able to, um, the doctor was able to grab a, a crowbar to try to lock off, and there was no body where they found it. There's no body where they found it. So the body was moved, but we just didn't know where it was, really. Um, you know, Austin and Ava were frantic at the same time and trying to make calm and collected because, uh, you know, they didn't know what was going to really happen, uh, you know. But they they had to know something was uh, was fishy, and I will in a bit reveal what happened after that. What comes to Austin, uh, I think you guys would like what I have to reveal if you guys did not see it. Um, but moving on from that, we had Sasha uh, confront Heather, and 
I think last week or a Monday episode, and she was amazing in her scenes. She was calling out Heather and vowing to uh, make sure she is responsible and pays for what she did. Um, you know, I do think that, um, you know, because I do love the character of Sasha, but for Sophia Madison, who plays her, she is her so much better on that show. And um, I hope she gets to have a storyline of her own, whether it's going to be going to Heather or be a journalist or whatever. Uh, but I do hope that Sophia Madison deserves better because uh, her character, Sasha, I think has a lot of potential. But, you know, you just never, uh, you just never see that. I think the effort from the writers when it comes to Sasha's character. If, if, I, if it was me, I would kind of write her off because to me, her character was pointless without Brando, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I do think that the rise of tribes wants to be for her, unless she, unless Sophia Madison wants to leave on her own accord. So, and if she did, I wouldn't really blame her. But it was good to see Sasha during those scenes. Okay, and now let's go to the big reveal, the cliffhanger for today's episode of Hospital Wednesday. Um, we, knew, we found out where Nicholas Whereabouts were revealed, and it was revealed that Austin's cousin Mason was holding uh, Nicholas uh, you know, somewhere uh, while because Austin was, was calling Mason on the phone and uh, Austin was asking how, how he, Nicholas was, and uh, we see Nicholas laying in a hospital bed stable but on life support and was sleeping soundly and uh he's, nicholas hook, is hooked up to machines and stuff so we know nicholas is alive but barely and is in a coma uh you know was, and i was surprised that mason uh, of all people was able to help out austin move the body to spoon island and i'm not sure he's going to tell ava until something bad happens to where ava you know, is, uh, has to confess, or maybe also has to confess, and that's when Nicholas will come in, but, you know, I'm glad that the show did not really kill off Nicholas again, because if they did, I would be very, very ticked off, because, to me, this is a character that you need to, um, this is a character that you need to not only invest in, but at the same time, you have to redeem him the right way. The character has been tarnished to pieces. Uh, ever since Marcus Coloma came on the show, you know, that's um, that uh, came on the show, I think, back in 2017 or 18 or 20, I think. Yeah, 2020, I believe. And since then, the character has not been the same. Uh, so, I hope the General Hospital does the right thing. And first of all, repairs uh, Nicholas's special relationship and at the same time, you know, if they want to put, if they want to keep uh, Nicholas and Ava, okay, but uh, they have to do, they have to, you know, write for them as a couple of pairing, do the right thing for them. So, but as far as Mason goes, I don't care about him, and I don't care about Austin. Surprisingly, these are both useless characters. And what's so ironic is that Austin is uh, a quarter maid, and we don't even see him these days interact with his quarter million relatives. You know, I, he's very distant from them. Uh, I think the only person that we probably, the only quarter we see him with probably, mostly is, I think, Brooklyn. So, um, 
you know, I hope that, you know, I hope that uh, I hope improvements are made on that on that uh on that part, and I hope that we get to see more of Austin with the Corbates and have more storytelling. Then Roger Howard, you know, gets you know, uh, better storytelling too because he's been on that show for a long time, starting from the day one since he was uh, Franco, then Todd, then back to not Franco, not that uh, Todd, then Franco, now Austin, and it's been a dud. So I hope that changes for it. Um, you know, as far as the uh, <clears throat> Michael and Willow storyline, I don't care for that. Uh, let's get to Dr. Orbachet, Dr. Lisa Orbachet. Um, she, uh, Lisa Orbachet found out about Scotty helping Liz, who was confessing about what happened between her, Nicholas, and Esme. And she, Lisa thought that Liz was probably responsible for uh, Britta's death. And Lizelle slapped Liz for whatever reason. And that really frustrated me to no end. I mean, Lizelle Orbachet is the same woman who is responsible for many things for General Hospital when she first came on the show. I mean, she, her, both her and Fajon tortured Robin, Anna, Robert, the Scorpio family. She also uh, shot Liz, held her at gunpoint, and held her hostage in her own home back then. And now all of a sudden she's redeemed. She's redeemed and she's with Scotty and all is great in the world. No! No, 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 no. And I wish Liz had slapped her back. And, you know, and I did not like Finn injecting herself because Liz can defend herself too. She did not need Finn in those scenes. Um, so, but I do think that they're trying to maybe put Liz and Finn back together and I am not in favor of that, in all honesty, because uh, my opinion Liz is better to have someone like Finn who thinks he's Mr. Perfect or whatever, <clears throat> but it is what it is. Um, if I was Scott Baldwin, I would break up with uh, Lizelle Pronto because, you know, I just don't see that relationship lasting since due to the fact that, you know, Lizelle, she's lost, besides her crimes and misdeeds, she's lost Nathan and she's lost uh, Britt Westmore. So Lizelle has nothing to lose at this point. I think she's gonna snap. And eventually that's gonna be the end of her and Scotty as, as a pair together. Uh and I feel bad for Scotty because he has been so unlucky in love and has lost so much over the years from his children. Uh the character of Scott Bowler deserves better. So I was never really big on the relationship between both Scott Scott and Lizelle when they first got uh paired. I just felt there was a desperate move on the show's part to, you know, uh, keep Lizelle on the show. Nothing against the actress who plays Dr. Overchip, but I do think that, um, you know, uh, I do think that her character should have been either killed off or sent to prison after she brainwashed Dante, but that's just me. <clears throat> um, Sonny and Dax, not interested in that. Um, uh, you know, um, and then we have, um, let's see here, we have uh, Curse and Trina. I think it was yesterday where the episode where, you know, Curse was trying to, or today's episode, today or yesterday, but um, 
you know, we had uh, Curtis and Trina, you know, talking, and Curtis was a little manipulated with Trina, and when it comes to the relationship, what uh, has to happen, and in the end, he gave her the choice of what she wanted to do, and Trina would think it over. Uh, and already, I'm not looking forward to this story lab because Curtis is not giving Trina any space. I would have loved it if she, if he would have at least said, texted her, let her know she was okay, that and that he's thinking about her. And, you know, that's just me. Again, I'm just not already feeling this storyline with Curtis Beatrice's father. But, oh, well, it's happening and we have to move on and live with it. But <clears throat> anyway, um, I think that covers it all about General Hospital. And with that, guys, I will get to um, I will get to the spoilers for the rest of the week at General Hospital. <clears throat> so let's get into that. Uh, let's go. Uh, all right, so let's get to uh, tomorrow's Sports Journal Hospital. <clears throat> and again, guys, if you don't want to listen to this or uh, listen to the spoilers, then please pause here. Then watch the episode to come back. But for tomorrow, Gregory praises Alexis, Diane and Robert catch up, Brooklyn confides a Maxie, Christina makes a surprising discovery, Laura meets with Ashby, then Friday. Third March twenty third, uh, March twenty twenty three. Excuse me. Alexis is perplexed. Maxie fishes for info. For info, Sasha wants to clear the air. Molly is uneasy. Spencer is stymied. The next week, uh, the sixth of March through to the tenth of March twenty twenty three. Uh, story on Monday, <clears throat> the sixth. Alexis calls out Gregory. Diane breaks news of Spencer. Esme's perception changes. Ava opens up the study. Victor threatens Elizabeth. Then Tuesday, the 7th of March 2023, Ava is really interrupted. Drew has news for Carly. Alexis is concerned for Curtis. Dex updates Michael. So he asks for a favor of Olivia. March 8, 2023, Curtis is stunned. Victor Osha find common ground. Anna and Valentine get new information. Trina supports Spencer. And Esme makes an offer to Laura. Then March 9, 2023, Thursday. Sunny of Gladys. Nina and Curtis catch up. Trina and Bruce Ava. Max has a big idea. Lucy is horrified. It's horrified, excuse me. Then the 10th of March, 2023. Sasha doesn't hold back. Dax and Joshua make time for romance. Drew makes a pitch to Ned. Nina confides in Ava. And Mac and Cody Bond. And with that, guys, uh, with that, we are going to take a quick a commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to get into the young and the restless. So with that, guys, uh, right back and uh <clears throat> and stay tuned and for this one this one coming up for this uh quick music break we have uh, a score song here from days of our lives um uh, from uh d brent nelson music d brent nelson is a uh, composer and producer for days of our lives and uh, with that, guys, no, actually, no. Actually, 
let's go to this song over here who uh this song over here from Mary Blonde. This was a once theme song for YNR called No More Drama. So with that guys, let's get into it and uh we right we're right back. Uh, if you guys have not uh like, subscribe, share to our <clears throat> platform channels or podcast, then please do so. And uh, we'll see you guys after the break. Everything you've done.
All right, guys, and welcome back to What Is Your Podcast in Nathan 2. And um, those of you that did not know, that was um, Mary J. Blige, excuse me, No More Drama, a song that uh, I think most of you guys remember. Uh, if you guys didn't know, it used to be, I think, the theme song for YNR. And it was once played, I think, at a Daytime uh, Emmy Awards thing in either 2004 or 2005. So uh, there you go. With that, let's go to this week's YNR so far. For those of you that know, um, Victoria and Nate have a steamy affair with one another. And uh, Audra catched them, you know, you know, um, Audra and uh, <clears throat> Audra uh, catches both Nate and Victoria making out. And she knocked on the door and uh, Nate and Victoria pulled apart. And then Victoria head back to her desk and Audra asked if she was interrupted with something and Nate you know, told her that they were just discussing uh, her, Audra herself. And she was, uh, Audra was point was pointedly at the self-appearances and remarks that it must have been quite the exciting conversation. Nate told her and said they were wondering if she was able to get any useful information, and uh, Audra said she, she just might have. And then, um, you know, uh, before that, Victoria and Nate were talking about uh, Tucker, Maybe that they will give Tucker a generous offer. They can't reject it. And so I thought the scenes between both Nate and Victoria were smoking hot with great chemistry. I loved their, uh, the kiss they had. It was very, very good. But at the same time, I feel so bad for... Um, <clears throat> I feel so bad for Elena because she's going to find out about this. And I don't think she would do anything. I don't think she'll do... Uh, excuse me. I don't think she'll... Want anything to do with uh, with Nate Hastings, a, a junior himself? So, um, you know, I uh, I I do feel bad for what's going to happen to Elena, and if she does <clears throat> leave Nate, which I think she will, I would love to see her leave town and never be seen again because Elena is a pointless character on that show. Nothing against the actress, but the writing does not do her any favors at all. Then, um, speaking of Audra, she was a tougher sweet and um, told her that Victoria learned someone else about your debt and that, uh, you know, Tucker told her that it was old news. Audra asked if he had any idea who was about to move and Tucker, Tucker Hedge just asked, that's a question, isn't it? And, you know, um, you know, Audra asked this was a witch to his plans to sell Newman. It took her claim that it's such a disappointment at her and her performance, and that Audra was uh, slipping. And so, you know, uh, Audra, you know, tried to do her best to protest to what was going on between uh, Audra and protest and tried to at least, at least split her, her side to Tucker. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, but he thought it was so obvious that. She was here to squeeze information out of him. And of course, she is now that he knows why she's here, that she's not on his side. How should she handle? How should he handle the situation? And Audra has shoved his head away, and as he, as he was playing with with her hair, 
Nadra concedes that uh, he made up the entire wrong, but that doesn't mean <clears throat> she stopped being a secret weapon. Tucker felt she's a weapon that cuts both ways. Audra reminded him that she's ultimately in it for herself, which she's always felt refreshing. Tucker declares he's finding his refreshment elsewhere these days, and it's much more profound. Audra speaks about the call being in love, and we all know what that means. Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Ashley. And speaking of Ashley, um, you know, uh, she came by his suite, and, you know, uh, you know, he told her that Victoria has been blowing up this phone all night. I was glad that they could talk so he knows that what was, what her master plan is. Now she wondered if he was going crazy and not be in control and asked, are you, <clears throat> are you truly ready to divert yourself to, ready to divest yourself of the call unlimited? Tucker insisted that the company represent his past, ready, he's ready to move on away from it and start anew for the right price, of course. And now she asked, what's about for the right reason? She challenges him, don't so to do with it, so to your son, so to Devon. And I thought that was a great uh, suggestion, honestly. And as we move on from that, let's go to uh, Daniel and Lily. And the two of them were in the park together and they were talking. And, you know, they decided to, um, you know, um, you know, I think decided to remain friends and, you know, you know, that their love life sucked. Um, you know, and, um, you know, uh, Chelsea came along and I think Lily felt a little bit threatened by, um, my, um, uh, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea's presence. And she assured Lily and Daniel, her therapist supports her involvement in the platform that she related her idea for a character who has to go through challenges and get down from the top of ability and get stronger as she learns to cope with mechanisms. And Daniel saw Dales can see the world she wants to create. Definitely sees the potential. And, and that was something that, um, you know, he wanted to preserve. Pursue, uh, pursue, excuse me. And he had a million ideas going through his head and muses that this could really expand the scope of his platform. And that made Chelsea so, so happy. So uh, I think we should expect maybe a little triangle between uh, Lily. Daniel and Chelsea, which I do find interesting and and very refreshing. So it should be very interesting to see, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know what happens between the three of them. Okay, and next up we have um, yesterday's episode YNR. Um, first off, we had. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, we had, uh, uh, you know, Sally, Adam, and Nick. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and uh, Adam wanted to meet with Sally about their about the child that they're having together. And spoiler alert, if you guys didn't know, Adam is the father of uh, Sally's baby, and Nick is not happy about it. Uh, both Nick and Sally were in the middle of making love, and I could care less about the two of them together as a parent because they're very boring to me, and um, I could care less about them, you know, being uh, together. Honestly, you know, um, you know, I uh, I do think that Nick 
while he's trying to be understanding, <clears throat> I do think that Nick at some point will uh, snap and not be able to accept this whole thing going on between two of them when it comes to the baby. Um, so, um, you know, Sally and Adam had a conversation and, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, I do think that that uh, for Sally, despite what happened between both her and Adam, you know, she's seen Adam in this, I guess you can say, different light. And as much as I didn't like how both of them broke up, I do think that they're, uh, you know, the show is slowly trying to get them back together. And Nick is probably going to feel left out in the cold where the two of them uh where both Sally and Adam will be together and Nick will be single again. And I just hope that this whole pairing between the two of them has been a total uh, waste of time. And I hope they never do it again. Uh, moving on from that triangle that I'm not interested in, uh, Tucker was convinced by Ashley to uh, at, least sell the, at least try to offer the company to him. And Tucker would, was at least convinced by Ashley to move forward with their, um, uh, you know, he was to move forward with uh, Ashley's, Ashley's suggestion that, you know, uh, you know, and Tucker wondered if she was really interested in helping him make fences with Devon or just toying with him. And so, um, you know, she agreed to have a nightcap with him as he discussed her proposal. And Tucker felt blindsided by only most of his debt and him. Ash encouraged him to think of her as Rachone, who was supporting him on his path to self-improvement. Tucker gets the sense that she was holding on to him, only a metaphorical dagger behind her back, just waiting to, for the moment to plunge into his chest. Ashley had chuckled and told him to, to think of this as business, uh, and that she's not actually addressing himself to Vaughn, she was demanding it. And Tucker asked, if I don't go along with this plan, Ashley muses among other things, I believe you're going to wake up every day with your life alone and filled with regret. Um, meanwhile, we had Ashley and Devon, and the two of them were just teasing each other, having dinner together, um, having dinner together at society, and then, you know, went back to... Uh, you know, the residents where Devon and Abby are staying in together, and I love their chemistry between Devon and Abby. Uh, I may not be a big fan of Devon these days, but I do think that Abby, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I do think that uh, Devon, Abby does soften Devon a little bit to the point where Devon, you know, listens to her, understands her better than I think Chance probably did with Abby at some point, so... I'm glad that the two of them are, you know, uh, <clears throat> falling for each other slowly and not rushing in anything when, since they are raising their son Dahmer together. Now, back at the Newman Ranch, we had Victor and Nikki talking to one another. And they were talking about Tucker and the company. And uh, Nikki asked uh, Victor, well, actually, no, at the ranch, Nikki realized Victor was distracted, and Victor admitted that he can't concentrate on a damn thing. She guessed he was preoccupied with Adam, and and he wondered why she was just so that's a bad thing. 
I think he learned that Adam told his father he'd come back to do more work condition. They become CEO. Mickey declares it's ludicrous. Major thinks he was, te- was testing him and told his son to be patient that he'd come with a counteroffer. Nikki realizes that he wants to hand over Call Unlimited and calls it an expensive constellation prize. Victor says Adam was intrigued, but his plan had set a stag. Someone else found out about Tucker's debt and bought it before they had a chance. And, uh, and uh, you know, <clears throat> Nikki asked if Victor thought someone they knew about Tucker's debt, and Victor says Michael's looking into it. Victoria might thought it might be Devon, but he wants something to do with his father. Nikki muses about a few other garments. Victor proposes that someone may have brought up Tucker's debt to protect him. Nikki wrinkles her nose. Who and Victor can't think of a person. Nikki Sonia says, actually, I can. Nikki told Victor that Ashley may have brought Tucker's debt to protect him. Victor balks. She hates that guy. Nikki relates that she got closer to uh, him when she attended to while she did uh, information on Diane. She left for Paris, but quickly came, but came back quickly, and maybe the old feelings have returned. Victor thinks Ashley is too smart to fall for Tucker's BS. Nikki says smarts have nothing to do with this. Victor just finds it hard to believe. And so, um, you know, uh, in the end, for Tucker, in back of the uh, in the suite, Tucker read uh, uh, the text from Devon and told Ashley that Devon changed his mind and said, thank you. Ashley says, I didn't do much. She's thrilled for him, but warns, don't screw it up. Uh, this could be your last chance with Devon. Tucker agrees. And there's way too much on the line for him to fail now. And last but not least, guys, let's get to today's episode of YNR. Um, and I gotta say, I <laughs> I felt really bad for Phyllis today because no matter what she tried, no matter what she does these days, whether it's for good attentions or not, she is feeling badly. And uh, she tried to reconcile with Summer today, and that did not. Uh, that didn't. Uh, that did not go out very well. Um, at the Abbott house, Phyllis showed up, and uh, several Phyllis wanted to see her. And Phyllis knew she wasn't welcome there, but she came and turned things around. Summer wasn't sure what she, uh, wasn't sure what she wants to know what's involved. Phyllis wished that things we had done could go back to how they used to be. If she goes somewhere for coffee, just talk. And that she told Summer that you're the land of my life. She tells Summer before to clarity that she will take her for answer. Summer tries to beg off because of work, but Phyllis reminds her she only has one mom. Uh, and, and asks her, doesn't she want what this relationship what they had? Summer doesn't have the time or energy to get into right now. She also knows about her buying Daniel's life. Phyllis asks, so this is how it's going to be. You and Daniel gets me. Summer can't just brush aside her feelings. Her interfering with Stark could have put them all in danger, and she could have ruined Daniel's deal with Chancellor and his relationship with Heather. Phyllis argues none of that happened. Summer feels that it's how she operates. Phyllis only wants to protect her and Daniel. Why is that wrong? Summer says there's always an excuse with her. For once in your life, just admit, you screwed up. And then, um, at the Abbott house, Phyllis told Summer, She's there to apologize to her. 
and she even admitted she lured Jeremy Sorrell to town. She, he asked her to find Diane, and she wouldn't help him. She basically saved her life. Someone reminded Phyllis she was supposed to do right by her as her mom. Phyllis pointed out that da Phyllis points out Daniel's taking all of his anger about Heather out on her too. How is that she's always the one doing the wrong thing? Summer gasped because it's your fault, Mom. You you did those things. You're the one who made those bad choices all your own. Phyllis wondered if she was talking to her grandmother like this. Nikki was in on the Jeremy Stark thing too. And flew to LA to get dirt on Diane. How come she doesn't get this too? She knows it's because he, he fights and will back down. And quote, I will never change. I will never ever change. I'm tired, Summer. I'm so tired, exhausted. Maybe at this point, I'm the one who's had enough. Summer guesses they both had enough. She thinks Phyllis has a blind spot when it comes to her own issues. Quote, your actions are not helpful. It breaks my heart that you can't see that. She's watched her try to evolve her entire life. She always goes back to her old ways. Summer tears up. She knows she should accept her mother for who she is. But she keeps hoping and Phyllis keeps letting her down. Summer has to protect herself from any other hurt and disappointment. She shows her mother the door, and Phyllis walks out and grimaces before walking away. Then, um, at, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in society, um, Phyllis came in, and Jeremy Stark was watching her, ordering a vodka, dining it, and ordering another. And when uh, Phyllis noticed him, he raises a glass and greeted her. So, I think we all know what's about to happen between the two of them, uh, if you know what I mean. Then next up we had Kyle and Diane. Uh, Kyle, Diane, and Jack meet in society for breakfast. And the two of them spoke about Jeremy Stark who's back in the city. Kyle fumed over Stark not only be, being charged with having the nervous show his face in town again. Diane revealed he set a package as well as up her son even more. Jack says Christine knows all about it, but he, he's lost patience with them because he thinks they framed Jeremy for theft. Kyle asks if GCPD will just ignore the criminal. Jack relays that Chase might not get involved unless there's a threat. Kyle's upset he's letting him, letting him run them out of town again. Dan argues she and Jack will use um, the time to get away and celebrate their reunion. Kyle diverges gaze as Diane rubs Jack's arms. Jack hopes Stark will move on during the, the romantic getaway. Now, um, speaking of society, Kyle had run up to Stark and confronts him about, just, about his nerve and showing his visit to town. Stark loves the, the little town full of great food and real, real, uh, sweet, beautiful people. Just like his wife Summer, they're a durable little boy. Kyle had fumed him to stay away from his family to stop sending his murder tokens of obsession. Uh, quote, do not make me tell you that again. Jeremy says that sounds like a threat. Kyle counters that it's a promise. Stark has decided to forget, forget everyone like tell, until Jack and Diane that. Kyle says they let their talent so you should follow suit and not look back. Kyle questions why Stark would hang around Joe and definitely. Stark has nowhere to be. Uh, you know, Kyle told him when you go to prison, you need to start over. I th uh, Stark told him, uh, I think I found the perfect place to call home. He knows that vacations don't last forever. Sooner or later, you might end right back up where you started. Okay, then we have uh, Jack and Diane at the, at the, at the cabin. And the two of them uh, 
you know, talked for for another, and you know, they made love. Um, I was not interested in those scenes, and um, I gotta say, I um, I'm not liking this for Jack Abbott because Jack would be more smarter than to fall for Diane. But you know, um, <clears throat> I think we all know eventually. Um, you know, um, I think we know eventually that. Uh, Jack is in for a big fall. So is Kyle, Summer, too, and everyone else. Uh, you know, and <clears throat> I think they're going to have to, you know, uh, uh, you know, I think that eventually uh, Phyllis is going to be proved right in the end. And they all have to apologize to her for doubting her. But I'm just over the storyline, and I just, I'm just looking forward to see what's next for them because. Diane is just there for me on the show, eventually. And so, we all know she's eventually keeping, uh, she's, uh, Diane's keeping her a secret from, uh, Jack and everyone else. So, we'll see how it was on that front. Um, well, let's get to, let's get to, uh, last one here. Uh, New Enterprises, Ashley, not the last one, but the other uh, story. And New Enterprises Ashley in the office, and, and uh, <clears throat> Richard thanked her for meeting her for meeting with him, Victoria. Uh, Richard got right to the point that Tucker came to, to them with an offer before someone was straight Rob was dead. Victoria and Richard let her know that Nikki shared with them a theory that someone might be that might be her. Ashley wonders why they think she does such a thing and why they care. Victoria complains that Tucker pulled out of a deal with them, and that she and Nicole have a history a long history. She may have rekindled feelings and bought a story about why to change. Ashley chuckles that she's not a Jodi in Gene and denies she made a gesture to buy up his debt. <clears throat> she declares that they're done, but Richard asks her not to go. Richard wondered if Ashley might have bought Tucker's debt as some sort of power play as a French tactic. Ashley suggests that if that's her line of thinking, she should serve Devon. They found Tucker was after Chancellor Witcher, she was furious. Victoria's skeptical. It's not Devon's style. Ashley remains the most likely suspect. And Newman, Ashley muses, uh, let's just say I did buy Tucker's debt. What will you tend to do about it? Victoria says that they make a look at offer and not only make it work Tucker's well, but also Ashley's. Perhaps they should just negotiate with her. Victoria says she had her fun, but now it's time to make a deal. Ashley tells them it's fascinating, if only as a reminder as how Victor's mind works. She informs them it's up to Tucker, what he does the company, and told them to leave her out of it. Victor looked amused as she walked out. And last but least, guys, we have Devon and uh, Devon and uh, Tucker at Crimson Lies talking about Tucker's offer. And um, Tucker thanked him for hearing him out. And asked him to run his proposition by his inner circle, run by Abby, and helps uh, talk to him soon. And uh, <clears throat> the Abbott Mansion, uh, Ashley asked Tucker, uh, So did you pitch your heart out? Tucker says he did, Devon didn't accept it, but he also didn't reject it. He suggested Devon run by Abby and wanted to see if there was something more than friendship going on there. Ashley advised him to keep his focus on the task at hand. Tucker asked, I'm curious. What do you plan to do with little on me should I fail? Ashley smirks. I haven't made up my mind, but I do have a couple of ideas. 
<clears throat> and um, Tucker admits the game she's playing with him was intoxicating, and I think you feel it too. And Newman, Richard tells Victoria he's certain Ashley brought up McCall's death. Victoria agrees she's, she was stringing them along. She believes Ashley's falling for him again and wants to help him in some way. She see, she's so protecting us about her and she wants to take care of Tucker. Uh, could it be that she wants him to change? That's a question. <clears throat> I do think that Ashley does want Tucker to maybe not fully change who he is, but at least change how, uh, at least change a little bit for Ashley, Devon, and their grandson, and uh, Tucker's grandson, and Dominic. So, um, with that, guys, that's all for YNR. Um, you know, uh, interesting things are happening on the show. I mean, there's some point, there's some part of the, excuse me, there's some part, excuse me, that I don't like about it. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, YNR, I guess, is okay. It's all right. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens between, uh, you know, um, between uh, certain storylines here and there. Um, and then Rosalind with that, guys, let's take our next uh, music break here for What Was Your Podcast and Nathan 2. Uh, let's go back to uh, uh, D. Brown Nelson as we're going to get to These Are Live so far this week. Um, <clears throat> D. Brett Nelson, as you guys know, I said before. Uh, as a multiple anywhere composer and producer for the Israelis on the music side for uh, the soap opera. And with that, guys, let's get into um, uh, let's get into this here. Here. Let's see here. Okay. This one is uh, Builders of the Empires. So, so uh, we'll be right back here, guys. Here was the podcast eight to two, and uh, stay tuned because we're getting into days of our lives.
All right, guys, and welcome back to What Is Your Podcast and Nathan 2. Sorry, that, that took a little longer than I thought. Um, but we're back, and we have um, Days of Our Lives uh, this week so far. And uh, I think I think so far this week it's been a good uh, it's been a good Days of Our Lives. We've seen veteran characters, uh, you know, characters that I think people like, people love. Uh, you know, some characters that people can't stand, but I still like. Um, you know, uh, we had John, Steve, and Orphe, uh, Star Steve, and uh, <clears throat> Tony and Anna, all talking about um, Megan Demera and what she's probably up to. Um, we had uh, Eric, you know, free Doctor Wolf from uh, PC uh, the uh, SPD, and. Um, you know, uh, both him and Roman then spoke and talk about Nicole and tried to get back at her. Uh, you know, um, we had Kayla, Melina, and Kate pretty much waking up due to uh, Megan. And, um, you know, uh, the three women has, have woken up in this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in this. Uh, in this big room where Maya told them that she's been monitoring brain activity and that her plague of fire proceed. She, uh, you know, uh, spoke and talk about uh, what she was up to. And then before you know it, she injects Marlena with a syringe. Uh, you know, Kayla had, had woken up and saw what was going on. Uh, Kayla and Marlena poked the mega bear. Megan will say the presence of Stefano and Kay is awakened to find out she is vital to Megan's plans. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> we also had uh, Kate trying to call uh, Paulina, not, not uh, Paulina, but Roman, and Paulina answered. And so Kate, you know, tried to, uh, you know, um, tried to tell Paulina to get help. And then we had, uh, you know, Paulina with Abe, and we're talking about um, with Abe, and they were talking about Roman, Orpheus, and then Eric and Nicole's love story. Um, then we had, uh, you know, that's all. That's about it for Monday. Then on Tuesday episode, we had uh, Lee. Rafe, um, Stefan, Trip, Wendy, um, then we had Nicole and Eric talking about the first meeting 25 years ago, and um, you know, Nicole remembered it today. Memory was today the two of them having breakfast with Paulina and Abe. No, I was Nicole remembered it <clears throat> today when she was having breakfast with Paulina and Abe. Eric mentioned Robert talked about how he likes Nicole, wanted them to be together. Nicole was surprised that he has a girlfriend. Eric says they're no longer together. Nicole asked so what he did, and Eric says he helped Brady betray her. And then Nicole says that you're available. He says yes, but you're not missing with EJ. Nicole says we're gonna try to figure out where the relationship is going. <clears throat> and then Eric mentioned that he needed to start making peace about his mom. Nicole asks her Roman has changed her heart by her with Eric. And Eric says he's missing Kate and probably regrets they were together sooner. 
Nicole phoned Riggs, and then, uh, you know, she didn't want to stop talking to Eric. It was EJ who was on the phone, and he told her that it was a porn, but nothing else. Nicole was worried it was Holly. Eric had a question, and he wondered if she heard anything about the orchard since she's living in the, in the married house. Nicole told her if she did anything, she would told her about it, and Nicole walked away. Um, you know, Safad was still, um, was still tied in bed, thanks to Brain knocking him out. Um, so far, started to wake up. He wanted to yell, and Brady held his mouth shut. Uh, they uh, both Walter and Brady were working on it for 24 hours, had no change. So far, talks Brady that, that Chloe wouldn't be having what he's doing. Brady tells Walter to begin again. They take the tongs on Safar's head, <laughs> and the, uh, the reviewer here on, uh, so, uh, so Spectator uh, said, uh, looks like a, black, a Batman helmet. Uh, Bray holds the melon baller and turns on equipment. Stefan starts shaking. That stops. Rolf says, turn it off. He killed him. Rolf listens and said, there's a heartbeat. Bray couldn't find a pulse and starts CPR. Stefan wakes up. There's a pounding on the door. It's Rafe. He wants to talk to Eric. Brady has his head over Stefan's mouth. Stefan bites it. Stefan screams at Rafe. Rick said, Rafe says, let's go. Rafe says, let Safar go. Safar says they tried to find Ray again. Rolf sits out of the room, grabs his lunch. Safar rushes down um, <clears throat> after he's released from the bed. Rolf is outside the pub. Uh, when Saul walks by, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want Rolf to sign a new statement. She tells him Lee will set him up in your lab. Uh, Rolf didn't trust Slow, but accepts the offer. Um, Rafe opens the door. Opens the door to his room and saw Rafe handcuffing Brady. Told Rafe told Eric that he's next. And Chloe, who made a turn to Salem, was in her hotel room. Made a door was knocking the door. It was Stefan. Then we go to Wednesday episode, and then Tuesday episode I think was kind of maybe a little bit more about uh, the uh, young younger uh, talent. Uh, not that I don't care anything about them when it comes to Trip and Wendy, Chanel and Ali. Uh, Lee and Gabby, uh, Lee and Gabby, you know, uh, moving with Wendy and uh, <clears throat> not with Wendy, but he told Wendy that they were moving in with Mrs. Shin. So uh, Gabby was not happy about that. So there we go. Um, on on today's episode, Wednesday, March first, twenty twenty three. Um, we had uh, Johnny Spy and Chanel put up a help water sign of Sweet Princess Ali left. Chanel told Johnny the news that she broke up with forgive with Ali. Chanel recounts Friday asked her to the table what happened. Johnny was was a disbelief, hates what Ali did and gives gives his condolences. Uh, she doesn't know if they could ever work it out. Drops the news on Johnny that Ali moved to New Zealand. And uh, Chanel was heartbroken. And that said that John was speaking about himself, he apologizes. Ali, uh, and he told Chanel that Ali was one lost out. Chanel deserves happiness as someone who's amazing and special as she is. He knows one day she'll find a person and uh, hugs her. They reminisce about when Chanel was being with Capito over and Paulia told her that he's moving on to Wendy. They're already, they're ready to be happy. He told Stuart, tell Chanel about his volatile day with Wendy. It's not serious right now. Let's we'll see where things go. She hopes, well, it likes Wendy. 
Um, later, the pub, Johnny was taking shots of upset that Allie never told him goodbye. Janelle insists that Allie cares about Johnny. She says she and Johnny nearly made love when she felt Alex. <clears throat> so Allie must be mad about the connection. Johnny thinks it's weird that he's the bad guy here when Allie is the one who cheated. Chanel says he was sorry for what happened, and Johnny was just glad that Allie was gone. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nicole met with EJ and, uh, you know, uh, so, and told her that Stefan was drugged. EJ and Nicole go to the payroll and discuss Stefan's deviousness. Nicole points out that it's circumstantial evidence what EJ thought ahead. Beforehand, he got the viral fingerprinted, which showed Stefan's fingerprints out on it as well as EJ and, and Johnny's. Nicole asks, is EJ is going to cops? Uh, he doesn't want Stefan to know yet. EJ is going to keep letting Stefan drug him. EJ plans to give him taste of medicine so he behaves radically. Nicole points out that Stefan hasn't exactly been thinking straight recently what happened. EJ said it was no excuse. Nicole questions his proposed solution. EJ told her it's illegal since it's Stefan's drug. She sees this point. They flirt the scheme, and um, Nicole was ready to be EJ's accomplice, drinking buddy. EJ was worried about Nicole since she never answered him. She had a tense conversation with Eric. EJ realizes that while she's tense, she sits down, massages her shoulders, they flirt, asks her with Eric. He's on edge. She knows EJ is a soul broke up with him, and that Robert said they should be together. EJ tells. <clears throat> Nicole told EJ what happened with Eric. He was going to hear EJ texted her and stopped off and wanted to know about the orchard. Nicole holds EJ's hand. She says to be with him now. They're pausing people together, getting closer over it. EJ asks Nicole if she's sure that is what she wants in the relationship. EJ thinks it feels right, but doesn't want to be in the way of her Eric if they have a chance. She appreciates it. Nicole holds his hand. She says she agrees with him about it's feeling right. She's exactly where she wants to be, so she is so done with Eric. She tells him to come home here. They start kissing. He gets another drink. The father is going to get this console hour. They tell us to get him next time. Okay, and then we have um, Stefan entering the room. He and Chloe wanted to uh, really wanted to see each other for his thing. Chloe thinks he looks roughed up. As far as forms really what Brady and Eric did. Chloe is baffled. Nicole wants to bring Stefan uh, to a doctor. Stefan hears ringing his head and will go to a doctor. He is fine otherwise. We really want to see Chloe. Chloe is much clearer about things after thinking while she was away. She decides she can't be with Stefan if he also loves Gabby. Stefan tries interrupting, but Chloe insists she finish. She finish. Chloe thinks the fire started to stalk her. Chloe's a lead with Stefan tells her I'll stop. He says his feelings for Chloe are gone. Chloe is shocked. Stefan apologizes for being blunt. She thinks the whole thing was strangely confusing. She tells him she, his feelings for her were never really genuine. He says he says she is desirable. She doesn't want him to flatter her out of guilty. <clears throat> Stefan is grateful for their time together, but the brainwashing seems to kick in. Chloe knows he realizes what Willis, he wants Gabby, she's happy for him that it worked out this way. And Safar wants to retain their friendship. Chloe says, sure. Safar tells her she can not be a brave. She says maybe at some point. She tells him to go be the Gabby, teary-eyed. Later, she shows up with the cop shop to see Brady. He knows she heard what she did. She asks, what was he thinking? He lets her know what he planned, apologizes for what he did. He is doubtful for what happened. Chloe lets him know that procedure worked. If they to Brady, Brady or a conversation with Safar. 
Uh, Brady is thrilled. So Chloe sees his point, even though she knows so far can move forward. Brady says they can move forward, but Chloe points out this is, this is simple. Brady tells Chloe that he knows this current situation was complicated, but he tells Chloe that they what they had was they had was amazing. They're still in love, but Brady has, has been keeping secrets from her. Get out so far, it was desperate, but she points out that that uh, what's the word that got him? Rachel hates her. Brady thinks Rachel will mature and understand. And Chloe asks him if she'll understand Brady is going to prison for this to fly. And with that, guys, let's get to the spoilers for uh, These Are Our Lives for. Let's see. Let's see. Spoilers <clears throat> for uh, next week from March 6th. You know, spoilers from Silver Digest. Um, Bell chastises Eric and Brady. Johnny Edwards a teleconversation. Sloan reaches out to Eric. Maggie drops a bombshell on Alex. <clears throat> um, from Silver News. Janelle gets to know Talia, who applies for a job at the bakery March 8th. So Talia is a new character, a sister of, uh, of uh, what is it? I forgot, I forgot her name. Uh, she was the daughter of um, uh, Marcus on Days of Our Lives, uh, back, uh, was a character of the show back then. Uh, Jada, she's, uh, Talia is Jada's sister. And, uh, you know, she'll be appearing on March 8th. Then spores with soaps.shenows.com. On Monday, March 6th, Sloan urges Melinda to throw the book at Eric. Tuesday, March 7th, as far as a surprise reaction with Gabby reveals her deal with Lee. Wednesday, March 8th, Shadow gets to Talia, who applies for a job at the bakery. Thursday, March 9th, Shadow finds herself in hot water with Stephanie. Friday, March 10th, Maggie Furley puts Alex in his place, whereas heartbroken over Xander's confession. Okay, and with that, guys, we are going to take a another break here, music break, and we're going to talk about uh, the last soap. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the bold and the beautiful. So, with that, guys, um, you know, let's uh, get into it. We'll be right back for. Uh, we'll be right back talking about the bold and beautiful. I'm pretty sure that. We have, uh, you know, nothing much to discuss when it comes to, uh, you know, that show. So, we'll uh, be right back, guys. Okay, and let's see here. And here we go.
All right, guys, and uh, we're going to do a quick <laughs> quick recap of Bill and Beautiful. Uh, right now, I'm just not interested in anything going on B&B right now. No, when it comes to, uh, you know, this whole thing with Thomas, Steffi, Douglas, Hope, Finn, ben, Bill and Sheila, I'm not going to get into that because it's just totally nonsense. But what I will do um is uh, give a shout out to Lauren St. Victor for uh, playing his character Carter Walter for 10 years. You know, for 10 years on the, on the show. And, um, you know, I, you know, it's been, uh, I do feel that the past 10 years for Lawrence, I feel that his character Carter has in a way evolved a little bit here and there. But I do think that the only time that his character ever got enough praise or attention, I think, was when he was with uh, uh, Quinn, played by Rhea Sofa, who's no longer on the show, and now he's, he's going to get put with, uh, with Katie, which I don't mind. I just think that they're trying to do uh, Quinn and Car 2.0 with Katie this time. And I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of that, but I'll try to remain open to them. Um, but today, on today's uh, episode of of YNR, not YNR, but B&B, uh, Carter walks into the office, despise a gift card, gift the card with his name on it. Uh, Smiley, Carter opened the note and reads the tribute to his 10-year anniversary of the company, aside from Eric, Richard, Stephanie, and everyone at the firm. <clears throat> Carter flashed back to Ridge, promoting him as a new CEO of Forster, and Eric told him how, he valued, how, how uh, valued he is the team. 
Carter rushed through other members of his time at Force Creations. Eric comes in and knows he filed a note. Carter couldn't believe that they remembered. And Eric talks about the impact he's made over the past two years. Uh, how could they forget? Eric shakes his hand and congratulates him. Carter th thanked Eric again, and they sat down at the table to get down to business. Carter credits Kay with work with her usual magic, bringing marketing under the budget. Eric wants to discuss the other problems for Steffi gets there to talk about creative, and he's, look he's not looking forward to that. Carter knows he's referring to issues with hope for the future line. Um, and Forrester, Carter, and Eric remark on hope for the future and continue to perform. And I do think that, of course, they're going to have to bring in Thomas to help uh, make sure that uh, the company, uh, not the company, but the line, you know, uh, hope of the future uh, gets back to where it needs to be. And uh, Forster Steffi later on joined Eric Carter, who she hugged. She thanks for her uh, great clock and asks about life at the beach with Douglas in the mix. She says it's going well. Carter asks how Hope's holding up. Steffi mentions concerned about her, and Carter explains the line is starting to cost them. Eric feels terrible about it, so he says, unfortunately, they can't let personal feelings dictate their decisions to change anybody to hope for the future. They go over how the line is wrapped in hope's identity. Eric agrees. He's never been just about, about the clothes for hope. Seven levels, they have to do what's best to company, even if it hurts. And uh, tomorrow on Lone Beautiful, Liam and Deacon Mon. Stephanie signs the Forster team with a gut solution to her problem, which I think will be Thomas Forster. And let's see if there are any spoilers for next week on uh, The Bone and Beautiful. See here. Let's see here. See if come up. <clears throat> Okay, and yes, we do. B&B Sports for the week of March 6th, and this is the earliest of spoilers. Um, okay, the first one I do not like already. Thomas asks Brooke for forgiveness. Bill puts Sheila on the spot. Hope gives Liam concerning news, and since I forgot about YNR spoilers, uh, I'll get to those quickly. Uh, these are early, early edition spoilers. Uh, Victor strikes a deal. Nate crosses the line. Summer gives Sally a warning. Lily faces a dilemma. And with that, guys, we covered all the soaps. And before we wrap up the show, we're going to take one last break. Um, <clears throat> one last break. 
here, and um, we're going to be talking about the renewal for uh, certain TV shows that have been uh, renewed so far. And so with that, guys, we'll be right back here on Wednesday Podcast in 82. Don't go anywhere. We're almost on the show, guys. And um, we will see you guys uh, in just a little bit. So stay tuned. And this one here is uh, called Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. And do you guys know who she is? We'll love this song. So here we go.
All right, welcome back, guys. We'll do podcast Nathan two. We're gonna wrap up the show with a, a last bit of news when it comes to TV and prime time in general. Uh, shows that have been renewed, shows uh, ever renewed and canceled show in twenty twenty three. This is from therap.com. Uh These are shows uh, that I will go down briefly and mention if they've been renewed or canceled as of yet. Uh, yet. Uh, some shows that you guys have known have, have been. Uh, have been uh, renewed. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, Abbott Elementary. That's been renewed. Acapulco on Apple TV Plus. It's been renewed. Uh, All American. That's been renewed for season six. Um, the South of a Spinoff series, All American Homecoming, still up in the air. Amazing Race uh, is still. <clears throat> uh, the long, uh, Amazing Race, the long running global trial show. There's a bar of the United series that that work has renewed to date. American Gigolo, all the news that Showtime will be integrated with Prairie Plus Premium Service later this year. Uh, the John Bertho Star Reboot was one of the series to receive the Axe. Um, and Rises Mayfair Witches. That's um, not really new yet. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Cobra Kai. Uh, for five seasons, Cobra Kai has said the universe of one of the Hollywood's most iconic fictional professional fights tell story as a sequel to the original Karate Kid. It will end with the sixth season. Criminal Minds Evolution Paramount Plus reboot in the longest running CBS procedural garden a uh, second season or mid January. Uh, CSI Vegas spin out series story Paul Newsom will turn a third season in the 2023 24th season. Doom Patrol. Uh, Lower Titans, uh, HBO Master Dallas Lake Jerry, that the series would include with season four. The decision to end both shows was not related to the change in leadership at DC Studios. No repair company were a brother discovery cost cutting efforts. Um, let's see here. Uh, family Guy, in addition to Bob Burgers, Foster New Family Guy for season 22 23. Uh, Fire Country, uh, that was been renewed for season two. The Flash will be back uh, February 8th, so uh, that'll be the, I think, the last season for The Flash. Um, the Gold Wars will be ending May 3rd. Gossip Girl has been canceled. Um, let's see. The, <clears throat> the Jennifer Hudson show has been renewed, so that's good news for her. Uh, Kindred. Um was canceled after one season. Uh, Last of Us as renewed for second season. And we have the Nancy Drew still be reboot. Uh, Till, Little Till be ending with fourth season. Uh, NCIS is renewed. NCIS Hawaii is renewed. And NCIS Los Angeles uh, will be ending with season 14. Uh, sad news. I, I love, always love that show. It was, it's gonna suck to see it not on the show anymore. Uh, Night Court has been renewed for six season by NBC. Um, see here, Poker Face on uh, <clears throat> Poker Face with Peacock. Let's see here. Uh, no, uh, it's renewed for second season. Power Book 2 Ghost. Um, news for a, news for a fourth season. 
uh, Riverdale will end its uh, will end its run. The drama filled Teen Soap will be seven season premiering Wednesday, March 29th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 p.m. Pacific. Okay, uh, and that seems to be about it uh, for the shows to be renewed and shows that have not been renewed. So, um, with that, guys, we're gonna wrap it up with our podcast tonight. Was your podcast Nathan too? I want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Uh, this is Nathan signing off. Uh, I had a blast to it tonight as always. I cannot wait to do you guys again next week on the eighth uh, of March, twenty twenty three, on Wednesday next week. And um, if you guys want to uh, reach out to both me and Willie, you guys can catch me on Twitter uh, at MoneyMac101. Uh, send me a call is the last Morgan slash Nathan Banks. And um, for uh, Willie uh, at Willie's View PW on Twitter. And uh, with that, guys, we're going to sign off. And, uh, you know, uh, with that, guys, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> thank you guys for listening to our uh, podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. And with that, guys, we're gonna get into it here. Um, let's end it off with one life to live. So, um, see you guys next time, next week. I'll see you guys next week, and uh, we are out. Peace. Take care, guys.